You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Hannah, thank you so much for being on today's episode of the Beauty Debut Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Hannah, the proverbial question that I ask all guests as we get started is, how did you get your start in beauty? So that's a, that's a kind of a funny question, and I'll tell you why. My, my quick rundown before I started beauty was I was in radio uh, for nine years. I was the marketing director for 20 radio stations. And during that time, um, I realized that I love marketing. I never thought I knew anything about marketing, but I did. And so I started my own marketing company. And then one day, I met this doctor in the hometown um, where I live, which is Ventura, California. And uh, I heard about a doctor because he was making this eyelash growth product for his wife and her friends. And me having a marketing company, I went to him and I said, hey, guess what? Um, Lash extension." Um, salons are huge right now and they're charging $250 and you have to lay there for two hours with these giant um, tweezers. Remember how they used to do that when they first started, yeah. especially with the super long tweezers? And that's all you saw all over the news was this new thing. And I said, but you have this product that grows lashes. I, you know, this could actually be a product. And he pretty much said, yeah, I know. And so I gave him a proposal to help him start um, the business. He accepted it. And, you know, that's, that's, all she wrote. So I was with the company for six years. It started out of my living room and grew from there to um, when I left, we were in 64 countries and, um, you know, thousands of locations around the United States. And then what happened was, and that was 2012. And in 2012, we were just coming out of the recession and everyone realized they needed to sell retail. So remember before, um, Claudia, it used to be like no one sold retail. It was all about the experience and you just let the client go and it was like taboo, right? Mm -hmm. But then when the recession hit, they realized they had to sell more retail to survive. And so what I realized was there was a hole in the marketplace um, for, uh, for that. And so I started a company called Aesthetic Ambassadors with a partner of mine. And um, we created uh, this company that concentrated on retail products for the spa. And so they could be integrated in what you were already doing. Um, but other than that, they could be by themselves on the shelf and sell very well for your clientele. So we did that for seven years. Okay, so we're missing the big story here, which was like news breaking. So you were kind of the on the ground floor for what is now like Revitalash, which everybody knows, it's a huge brand. Right. 
and you were the one that brought it to market. So, I mean, it wasn't just me, but I was definitely on the ground floor. I was definitely like the bottle had not been created. The logo was green at the time. Now, as you know, it's blue. Um, you know, nothing had been created. So I was there, you know, at the very, very beginning. And it was just a really amazing experience. And, um, you know, I didn't know anything about beauty. I was never the little girl that thought I was going to work in the beauty business when I got older. It was just never a thing. And so it was the best learning experience, um, life experience that I've ever had. I got to learn on the job, which who gets that opportunity, you know? And um, I had a lot of freedoms to do what I wanted with um, the company. And so, yeah, it was, it was a huge, we had um, probably 45 to 50 salespeople. And, you know, we did 40 shows a year. I mean, this is stuff I just never did ever in my life. Wow, what a way to learn by fire. <laughs> right. Like right Always by fire. A major, a major startup. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, but, you know, after seven years, I mean, I don't know how long you can talk about lashes, and I was done after seven years. <laughs> and I'd also just kind of decided I wanted to do my own thing, you know. I mean, Revital Lash, um, you know, as much as I was part of the beginning, it was not my company, you know. I, I had different visions. And also the um, industry was changing so much, you know, um, when I first started, I, I tell this in my, um, the story in my blog, um, it's about how I started in the beauty industry and kind of my life as a business person. And I tell the story about how my very first New York show in 2007, IECSC, um, I had a woman come up to me at my booth and tell me, you're laughing too loud. You need to tone it down. We're serious here. And I'm like, oh, my God. And now, like, we're having, like, I'm having dance-offs with people from Little Spawn, Paul Hesloff, or somebody at the Ice Spa trade show. We're having dance-offs in the aisles. You know, it's hilarious. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was changed a one lot. of those turning I mean, points. Right. Yeah. Things have really changed a lot um, as far as, you know, yeah, it used to be very serious. And now it's just mm -hmm. more real. It just seems like people are just really expressing themselves. Brands, it's okay to, you know, have music at your booth and kind of be fun. And everyone's, you know, drinking champagne <laughs> at the end of the day. It's a totally different, different scenario. <laughs> it is. And it's so nice, too, because I think, you know, it's kind of like the old guard left and the, and the younger generation at that time came in and wanted to have fun. It was also a big time for social media. You know, when I first um, was with Revitalash, when we first started, social media wasn't a big thing like it was, um, like it is now, of course. And so when once you open that up, like you get to know people on a more personal level, and they're not just a suit. You know, they're just not a corporate head of, of this or that. Now they're a real person. And so it really opens up the relationships between um, everyone, between the clients and the vendors and peers as a whole. Yeah. And so with your last company, um, I know that was, how long was that? Were you with that, with your last company that you started? Um, so we owned it for seven years, aesthetic yeah. ambassador. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to tell the story of that. And, you know, I know that when we look from the outside in, when people own companies, you know, it, a lot of it can seem very glamorous. I know it's a lot of hard work, so I'm not saying that that's not it, but it just seems mm -hmm. like these 
I don't know, people make it look so effortless. They just start a brand and it just grows. And can you, can you expand upon that? And is, is it yeah. all like what it's cracked up to be and share with us? It, 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 us. it can be, <laughs> it can be. And it's a lot of work, a lot of sweat runs here. So um, with Aesthetic Ambassadors, um, we had 12 brands that we distributed. Um, the, one of the very first brands that we um, signed up to be exclusive distributors for in, in North America, which is what we did, um, was Glam Glow. And so Glam Glow, do you know Glam Glow, Claudia? Of course. Okay. So when I met the couple who owned Glam Glow, um, they, it was one little black jar. They worked out of their home. And, um, but they knew what I did with Revitalash. And so they said, yeah, you know, we want you to distribute to spots. Great. So we um, signed a contract with them and for five years and it exploded and it became the number one selling mask in the world. It became the number one um, most beloved mask between, I think it was like 47 magazines voted at the number one mask. It's the number one seller at Sephora, the whole thing, right? So obviously like that, we got to ride that wave of um, a success. I also worked with marula oil um, that became a huge hit. You know, once Moroccan, the Moroccan oil was already a hit, some marula oil kind of came in behind it. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with um, several, several brands. And um, what happened though, the cool thing <laughs> was, was that, or, or the big thing was for the big corporate brands like Estee Lauder, Louis Vuitton, um, all these, um, Paul Mitchell, all these different people to come in and buy indie brands. That became really cool. So what happened was, you know, we worked so hard to build these brands up that um, they became noticeable to these giant conglomerates and the conglomerates bought them. And then once they bought them, they moved them in-house, which is business. That's what you do. But what happened was in a matter of four months, our top four brands were bought. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and so we lost, you know, 70% of our income. And um, then two brands, which we had tried to work with for a long time to kind of be more um, Instagram savvy and kind of get on board with what was happening. Because again, you know, once Instagram took off a few years ago, I mean, of course, it's been around for years, but I mean, it really became part of the way people do business everybody needed to jump on board fast, otherwise they're gonna get lost. And so we had two that just completely went out of business. Um, and then some other things that happened with some other ones. So essentially in, with 12 brands, we lost eight of them within six months. And so you wanna talk about a company um, <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> so we had a 43,000 square feet building and um, that is huge. <laughs> so. We had tons of employees. We had tons of overhead. We had, you know, tons of shows that we had, you know, going on that, of course, cost tons of money. And it was just too much. And so it just fell upon itself. And I go into great detail in it um, on my website, my blog. But, um, but what I want, you know, it was funny because it was probably the worst year of my entire life when it came to my business to my professional career. In fact, I'm, I I'm sure of it. It is the worst year. Um, but what I did realize as I was going through it was nobody knew what was happening internally. You know, um, all of my friends and all of that, like no one could understand uh, what was going on. 
And so I had to um, kind of take a look at myself and say, look, I post free stuff all the time. Everything's so glamorous, right? And I was doing a disservice for anyone else who was going through a hard time at that moment. And so when it was finally like set and closed, and believe me, it was like 60 days of being depressed before I could even start writing about it. Um, I finally just said, news flash, I closed the company. And we were just such a huge company in the industry and had such huge brands that were just gold. And nobody can believe that we had all these amazing brands that um, uh, everyone was shocked. And so it made them read the story. And But what I was trying to portray was sometimes it falls apart. And then you got to pick yourself back up, you know, and if you're falling apart right now, you're not alone. And I just felt it was really, really important for other people to hear that because whether you're a, a, a brand or a company just going through a rough time, or if you're a struggling small brand that's just starting out that sees all this glam life, you, I don't want you to look at yourself and say, what am I doing wrong? What are they doing? I'm not doing, you know, I want them to see like, no, there's both sides of it. And Instagram makes it so easy with our little filters and our happy world to make everything perfect all the time. And that's as a branding perspective, that's what you're supposed to look like. But in real life to my peers, I needed to let them know, like, if you're going through it, you are not alone. So that's why I did that. I love that you said that. I think it's so important that we are real with each other. I think it, you know, it, it kind of, yeah, you're right. There's like this level of perfection that if you, you know, are on social media, it's like everyone's just trying to reach that level of perfection and you can get into feeling really bad about yourself, looking at other people's Instagrams or, you know, maybe someone else in your line of work that's doing better. You kind of feel it can make you feel doubt yourself and make you feel bad. Um, let alone totally. you know, as women, you know, social media can really make us feel less than, you know, with all the, you know, beautiful images and beautiful people that are on social media, it really can make you feel a certain way. And I think it's important to share the realness. Um, I know I like to try to do that as well. You know, I, I was really open about, you know, this whole COVID thing, how it's made me feel, you know, being furloughed from my, my role, you know, it, it's, we go through a lot and it's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be scared and it's okay to be vulnerable and to say, Hey, you know, this is what's happening to me. And I think people respond oh. to that. I mean, I know you got a lot of responses on that post. Yeah. I think that was a post that grabbed my attention back in, you know, back when you posted it because it was so raw and so real. And I think, I don't know, people can really relate to, to that because we've all been through something. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, is like, you know, especially being women, like we, we, we juggle so much and we have to be positive for so many people. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so you got to have those girlfriends that you can call and say, I need you. Like I'm drowning. I need you. And I'm super lucky to have a few of them who I'll literally like be like, move your husband over. I'm coming to spend the night. And they're like, okay, <laughs> no problem. Get in your room set up. I have a couple of them. And, and like, I'm not a person that goes and spends the night at people's houses. But I'm telling you, like, in the last two years, like, um, I'm, I'm like, I'm coming over. Can you please get my bed ready? They're like, 
yes. <laughs> and it's like, thank God, like we have to be that for our girlfriends, you know, um, because nobody understands except for us, you know, um, I always say only founders understand. And so whether, you know, no matter how small or how large your business is, um, or your manager or owner, like only you understand that you have to like go and get ready for open enrollment for health insurance right now while you're launching a new product, while your kid is sick and you're homeschooling virtual learning. Like, and you know, your husband's like asking you where his stuff is. Like, nobody understands except for us. And so when you have a girlfriend who, whether you go and vent or you just go and, you know, have a glass of wine and talk smack, like, it's like, that's just, if that's what you need, you got to have somebody to call. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important too that, you know, I mean, not everyone is comfortable, you know, sharing personal things on social media and rightfully so. But I think, you mm -hmm. know, as a brand or as a founder, it's nice to see a glimpse of the person, you know, while, you know, marketing has to be a certain way, like you said, I think it's nice when mm -hmm. some of the realness comes through. So I definitely will encourage everybody just to, to share a little bit more about themselves. I think, you know, people are craving, especially now, since we're all social distancing, people are craving connection and, you know, yeah. that closeness that we're not able to have at this moment. So I think that's such an important thing. And I think that kind of yeah. you probably answered my next question I was going to ask you, which is, you know, what did that experience teach you about yourself and about life? So about business, it taught me to keep it lean <laughs> because okay. 43,000 square feet and tons of employees is a lot to rest on your shoulders if something happens. Um, also, um, having all my eggs in those baskets that were so easily taken from me um, were huge, you know, so to just kind of spread yourself um, out better so that one client or one brand or whatever, one product within your brand if something happens to it, it's not going to kill you, you know, um, on a, on a personal level, um, I realized how little I actually need to be happy, but how much more peace I needed in my life to be able to grow as a person and, um, quiet, the quietness, you know? So, you know, if you've seen me out in public or whatever, or at trade shows, I, I, you know, I'm the nut, I'm, I'm the one joking around. I mess around in people's booths, play tricks on people all the time, and I love it, and I love my people so much. Um, but when I get home, like, nobody knows where I live. Nobody. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have, like, my extended family who's like, how come we don't know where you live? Because I don't want you there. Like, <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows where I live. I mean, you can ask many friends that you know that we have together. Nobody knows where I live. <laughs> Interesting. I'm like, I need to go and sit in my quiet spot and nobody talk to me. Yeah. But you just got to know that and you have to demand it for yourself. Yeah. You know, because if you're not taking care of yourself, no one will. It's, that's it. That is so true. And it's, I think as women, we have a hard time with that. And we have a hard time, you know, just saying no, like, no, I can't do that. You know, no, I can't help you mm -hmm. right now. You know, we just feel compelled to be of service. And especially in the beauty mm -hmm. industry, I mean, that's the name of the game. Um, how do you, how do you maneuver that? I mean, okay, so you don't tell people where you live. What other tips uh -huh. do you have for, 
or having well, so your, your a, boundaries, you know, having your healthy boundaries. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because when I first um, started Revitalash, I was in school full time. And so everybody knew that. Right. And um, so I would immediately work a trade show and then go straight back to my um, hotel room and do homework. And it was just every, something everybody knew about myself. And I want to say I had three years of that until um, I finally graduated. And then, um, but I also don't drink. So I'm not the person that anyone wants to party with anyway. So that was pretty easy. <laughs> so, and I think that if you just set the standard for yourself and people know where your line is, um, and then that's it. And there's an easy, there's a way to say, no, thank you. Or I just have too much going on or I'm too overbooked and, or I need some more family time. Um, you know, whatever it is, you have, you just have to do it. And um, I, I heard this someplace, I'm sure I'm stealing this from someone, but I, I heard uh, the saying that I live by is you train people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way, good or bad, mm-hmm. right? So if you let someone run all over you, you've trained them that that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you um, say yes to everything, then everyone's going to know that you're the one that will always say yes. And they will never stop asking, whether it's money or time or participation, or will you host this, or will you bring that, or will you donate this many gifts to our silent auction, or whatever it is, they won't stop asking. But if you say, oh, I've reached my limit for the quarter, I've reached my limit for the year, blah, 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 whatever it is, reach my limit for the month, then that's just what it is, mm-hmm. you know, because no, they will never answer. stop. That's a good answer because mm-hmm. I think people have a hard time, you know, saying no. It's like, ooh, how do I say it? I, I think that's good. I, you know, for this month, I've, I've, I've reached my limit or for this quarter, I've reached my limit, you know, check back another time because no doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to mean no forever. It's just, no, I can't, you know, help you right now. Um, right. So but if you're the person that says yes, every time they will always come to you first. And I was that person. I was that person. And so I know it and it never ended. It was never enough. And they don't mean to be that way. Like there's, there's not a malice there. It's just that they have to fulfill something, whether it's an event or a flag bag or um, people at a, at a, at a place, um, an event, whatever, they have to fill it. You know, that's what their job is. Yeah. And so of course they're going to go grab the people they know they're going to say yes first. And you can just say, no, I've, I've already reached my limit. Sorry for the month. Next call. You can ask me next time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think that kind of is a perfect segue of, you know, what is it like um, to be a female entrepreneur? Because I still think business, even the beauty business is still very much a man's game. So I mm-hmm. would love to get your perspective on that since now, you know, we'll, we'll jump into talking about your new company, which I love, but you know, <laughs> Experience that you have. I mean, wh- how do you feel about that? Is it? Do you think it's still a man's game, or are female entrepreneurs on the rise? And and what can we do to yes. support each other? So female entrepreneurs are definitely on the rise. I always tell people, being in the beauty business, we are very spoiled because we ha- are there more women in numbers. Um, than men. And so men tend to have to live in our world in the beauty business, um, at least in the spa world where we are, right? And so that, so in that case, we're a little bit spoiled. However, then you become a, a brand and you have to deal with manufacturing. Manufacturing is a man's world, 
printing boxes, man's world, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's um, almost like fulfillment, shipping, you know? Um, it's almost like this weird thing. It's a shock to the system when you're trying to explain that you need these boxes to have, you know, these beautiful openings on Instagram. And so they have to have tissue that goes this way. And they're like, no, it takes too much money, you know? <laughs> and so it's kind of like one of those things that you have to find a partner that respects you. And I think that because beauty and wellness and, and everything right now is so about being Instagrammable, there are partners, male-owned partners out there that are willing to do the job. And they're usually smaller companies, and that's fine, right? And so what you need to do is reach out to your girlfriends who are doing it and say, who do you work with? I need to work with them too. And the girlfriends need to be open to sharing their contacts. And you can call me. I'll give you every and any contact I ever have. I tell people all the time who I work with and who I partner with, and it's amazing. And when you have the opportunity to partner um, with another woman-owned business, you have to do it. It's the most amazing experience. It's, um, it's so hilarious how fast it works. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, I do a, a partnership. Um, this is really no money exchange. It's just total um, working together with LightStim. You know, so they have a I pain belt. Do you want to, yes, I love light stem. Mm -hmm. They have pain belt. They have a rosacea, a light for rosacea in your face and all that. They recommend my products all the time. Mm -hmm. I recommend them all the time. So if someone's calling me about rosacea and I'm offering them my CBD oil for their face, and you know, we we exchange um, information. We've built protocols together. There's zero dollars that we exchange between the two of us, but it's something that um, we've just decided to do because we like each other and why not? Why not support each other? Our products go perfectly together, you know? Um, during COVID, uh, you know you like my tea. <laughs> and I love right in the heart tea. Of and we're going to talk about that for sure. I do love your tea. It's, okay. it's, it's amazing. So, but I wanted to you. touch so, on... You know, you mentioned something about, you know, sharing with other women what you know, your contacts, you know, being being able to have that dialogue, you know, what about the cattiness that exists in the beauty industry amongst women? You know, I think there's, it's something that we don't talk about. There is this sometimes competitive or underlying, I don't know if backstabbing is the right word, but there is some cattiness when women work, you know, all together. It's, it, it, it's always popped up in every company I've worked for where there's a little bit of that happening. It's, it's not prevalent, but it's there. And it's something it's always like boggled my mind. I've always just wanted to help other women. And I don't know if other women always feel the same. What's been your experience? I mean, cause you didn't always work in beauty. So you might be a good person right. to ask about that. So you gotta, what you have to do is, um, Think about, like, so for instance, if you're going to work with men, you have to think about what's important to this man. And it's usually something different depending on his generation or what he does or whatever. And some of it, sometimes it's he wants to look good in front of the boss. Sometimes he just wants to be the one that makes the, the final decision. You know, whatever it is, um, if you understand what's important to them, you can phrase things a certain way while you're working with them that feel their need. Okay. Mm -hmm. With a woman, for a woman to be catty, it's 
not because of the other woman. It's because she usually doesn't want to be showed up in front of the other men. Mm. So if you can approach the woman right away before you are in front of anyone else and say, hey, let's go for a drink. Let's, you know, go have happy hour. I want to get to know you. We're going to be working on this project together. And don't talk about work at all. Mm-hmm. Just talk about whatever life, mm-hmm. right? It tends to open women up um, much more because we're social creatures. Um, but usually if you're, if you're encountering a woman who you think is probably going to be catty or whatever, or if you just don't know them, just go in humble. Like go in going, hey, can you, you know, explain to me why things are this way or blah, blah, blah. Like I walked into a situation where I was like, what in the hell is happening here? You know, and so I grabbed the woman who looked like the one who would probably be most in charge. And I was like, hey, can you, you know, um, can we go to lunch? Can I take you to lunch? I like love to learn about the company. And, and then I like focused in my questions, you know, to try to figure out what was going on. But by the time our lunch was done, you know, we'd had a great conversation, part personal, part business. But I really got the understanding of what is happening in this company? What's the personality? How did we get here? And then I could just kind of slide in nicely and not be like, WTF, what are you people doing over here? You know? Right, right. <laughs> so so it's, it's all in the delivery. And mm-hmm. you cannot be worried about being the one who is correct, um, the one who's right, and the one who gets the credit. If you're coming in that way, you're going to lose every single time. Mm, that's really good advice. And I think sometimes, I guess maybe I feel the cattiness comes from their own insecurities. You know, I think... For sure. You know, it's it's more about them than you. Um, that's kind of what I've learned over the course of my, my experiences working with predominantly women. It's more about them. And, mm-hmm. and I, think, I think your advice about humbling yourself or coming in kind of low-key is good and it's it can be helpful but you know it's sometimes i feel sometimes opposite it's like why do i have to dull down or dumb myself down so to speak or dull my shine to make you feel more comfortable like you know i guess like well, that's only more. that's only in the very beginning oh okay. okay okay so it's only in the very beginning to open the doors to you so it's funny um it's kind of like art of war, okay? You don't come, you know, the, the army doesn't come like during the day, shining bright armor up to the castle <laughs> door, banging on the door, making all the noise, like we're here to kill you. Um, they come in in the night, they come around, they come quietly, they figure out their, their game, they figure out which way they're going to go, how they're going to infiltrate this castle. You know what I mean? It, it's so as women... We sometimes are so defensive of the fact that we are not going to be taken seriously for good reason. We feel this way for good reason, right? But sometimes we just show up defensive and we don't mean to be, you know what I mean? And so if you come in with a mindset of I'm coming in humble, I'm coming in, yeah, not dumbed down, but like definitely not showing my full shine, Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't shine bright like a diamond as you walk in the door the first time. Okay? But you just come in and chill. Then they chill out. Then they're cool with you. They are calm. They're more open. And then once you start showing your worth and what you're really made of, they're like, they're, they see it. 
because, you know, if you're dealing with another person who um, is self-conscious or, or has low self-esteem or something, they don't see it. Everybody sees what they want to see. Mm. So if you come in and you're shining so bright, like minute one, they're like, oh, who's this bitch? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. But if you're coming in, you know, but if you're coming in, they're like, oh, she seemed really nice. Yeah, she seemed really nice. They let their guard down. They start opening up to you. And then you can show, you know, your worth as you continue on. Um, you know, it's like I, I, I joke around about that Facebook post that you see. I'm going to leave this right here. Because sometimes you don't got to say nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it shows for itself, you know. Yeah. And if you are, if you're on your game, it will show for yourself. You don't need to wave a banner about it. Yeah, it just seems like so much work, Hannah. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It is. It seems no like so much work. It's like can't girl. Best as women support each other from the get-go. Like, why do I have to right. play these games with you? I got to play games when I'm dating. Do I want to play games with you too? No. <laughs> it is just the way it is. You know, like I tell, um, I just said this to my, to my husband and to my mom, actually, in the last couple of weeks. I said, I love that you're living in the should world where everybody should act right, but we don't live in the world. So how do we maneuver sure it? And that's how you sure maneuver it. Down. You know? <laughs> no, that's that's really good advice and a good perspective. And it's it's something just to definitely meditate on and, and see, like, where you fit into that equation, whether you're, yeah, maybe you're the insecure one or maybe you're the one coming in too strong. You know, there has to be, I guess, like a happy medium in the beginning. I think yeah, I mean. You know me. I'm six feet tall. I got curly black hair. I, I, I laugh out loud. You know, I'm a big person walking into your business anyway. Like, <laughs> I don't need to bulldoze everybody down as I come in. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. Well, let's jump into the exciting part of what's happening in your life right now, which is your new wellness CBD brand called. Go ahead. Announce. Well, CBD products. Well, CBD, yes, it's amazing. And speaking of literal. a man's world, I feel like, is CBD a man's world? Yes. Oh, my okay. gosh, yes. I mean, okay. you've got all the farms, you've got all the extraction, all the scientists, and, you know, it's the plant itself, yes. Um, you know, it stems from cannabis, and so you've got the cannabis industry as a whole, where it started with dispensaries, you know, and all that very male, very male. Um, now that CBD from hemp is legal and open, um, I see these gorgeous women brands coming out, women-owned brands, and they're beautiful packaging, and they're much better than when I started this company two years ago, because that's the whole reason why I started it, was as my world was falling apart, um, with Aesthetic Ambassadors in 2018, the CBD um, industry really started taking off and it became a huge conversation in the wellness space. And of course, I worked with, you know, over a thousand massage therapists and they're going, hey, do you know about this? Is this legal? You know, what do you know about this? And um, so I had to go figure it all out and, and talk to lawyers and FDA lawyers and chemists and farmers and manufacturers, everything. And what I realized was there was no brand that did a good job for our audience, which is affluent women, 35 and older, and to work then that also was good for spas and their business, you know? Well, now I know CBD, so, obviously everyone, you know, by this time, if you haven't heard of CBD, I don't know where you've been living, but CBD <laughs> is definitely on trend in the spa world, in the beauty arena. You know, it is, it is here to stay. 
But I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, quote unquote, fake CBD brands. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give to consumers to kind of determine, you know, if a product really is going to be efficacious, the potency, like what, you know, maybe you can kind of give us a quick brief schooling on what to look for, because I think everyone is now, everything is CBD all of a sudden, and it doesn't mean that it's good, you know? Right. Well, it's just like anything else, right? Like you can go buy your essential oils at CVS, so you can buy your essential oils, you know, at a spa. You're talking about very different essential oils. So there's um, the difference between the purity of the of the um, CBD and then how much is in it. And depending on the purity is what regulates how much is in it. And if you're just going to look at the shelf space, right, and try to compare, you want it to say CBD, not hemp extract, because you don't, because hemp extract could be the seed that has no CBD in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you want it to say cannabidiol in the, in the, uh, ingredients. It's cannabidiol. Okay. That's what CBD is. And then you want it to say how much it has, because again, anybody can say it has cannabidiol with a drop of hemp oil in it. You know what I mean? And so you really want to know how much CBD is, is in the product itself too. And it's also super legit to go to the website and look at their certificate of analysis. So on my homepage, um, I put a, um, I published a certificate uh, to show how pure my CBD is. It's always at least 99%. Uh-huh. And um, it's on the bottom page of anybody's website. It would say COA, Certificate of Analysis. Okay. If they don't publish that, then you should not buy that brand. Okay. And yeah. most people do. Mm-hmm. Because then they're not telling you how clean it is, how pure it is, how much is in it, you know. And you don't have to know how to read it. Just look for the percentage. And, you know, if you really want to learn to read it, of course, there's a million things you can Google and find out. But um, if they're not publishing it, then they're not hiding anything. It's pure. It's clean. It doesn't have pesticides and metals and all those things in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your brand. I Recently, you sent me your new tea, which is going to be launching. I think by the time this podcast airs, your tea will have been launched. Yay. Um, Yay. (laughs) Your new CBD serum, which I think is amazing. So let's talk about those two things first, because that the tea was so delicious. Um, The cranberry hibiscus, it had such a great flavor. It didn't taste hempy or CBD ish, <laughs> if you will, no. <laughs> it doesn't taste like that. It's, it's a very enjoyable tea, very spa. I could see that being a perfect offering in many resorts mm-hmm. and spas. So tell me about those two new exciting products. Yeah. So the tea is a cranberry hibiscus. It's caffeine free. So it's just a delicious tea on its own, but with the 10 milligrams of CBD that are in each bag, um, you're able to ingest the CBD safely, and it will help with anxiety. My mom has fibromyalgia, and we live on the coast, so whenever it's um, what we call overcast, it's foggy, um, she gets a lot of pain in her nerves, and so she drinks a cup of the tea in the morning, and she's good all day. Um, the same thing if you're, if, you know, you have different ailments, that, that would also be helpful. But especially with today's climate being so anxious, so much anxiety and stress, people are not sleeping. It's a great way to just simmer it down, 
and relaxed. Um, I wasn't planning on coming out with it till January, but I just felt like um, it was just people needed it right now. So I, I, I kind of came out with it a little prematurely, but I, I don't care. <laughs> it's a great tea. Um, with the 10 milligrams yeah. that's in it, what does that equivalent or equate to? I guess I should ask. Like, is that? So, yeah. So, so a CBD works differently depending on what it is and everything. So usually when you're ingesting, you want a much higher dose. So for instance, you could see my cream is 300 milligrams of CBD, but then you see a dropper that's 3000 milligrams, right? And you're going, well, what does your cream do? It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. You're ingesting the CBD, the 3000 milligram drops, right? You're under your tongue or something. And you're hoping that it gets to your knee that is causing you pain, right? Um, that, so that's why you need so much because it's getting diluted while it's going into your body. Now the tea, it's not really for pain. It's more just to um, uh, calm you down, relieve stress and anxiety. And so um, if it does help pain, like it does with my mom, that's great. But, um, but it's really just meant to, to you know, um, um, help anxiousness and all that. So you don't need that much. Also, any time you um, heat your CBD, it boosts it, mm. okay? Okay. And so for lack of a better way of explaining it, everyone's heard, don't eat the whole brownie, <laughs> right? Right, right. Only have a bite of the brownie. It's because when CBD is baked or CBD is heated, it releases a um, chemical, um, an, an acidic chemical, which is very safe, but it makes it much stronger. So even though there's only 10 milligrams of CBD in the tea bag, you're putting that boiling water in there, it's going to make it much stronger. Ah, okay. Because I did feel calmer after drinking the tea. It was, and it's still, yeah. I'll say it's, that for the, like the hundred. Totally. It's not going to like put you to sleep. It's not going to like, you know, make your knee pain or back pain go away. It's just going to chill you out. And, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, a lot of times all we need, you know, right now. Especially during these so. times. Um, I'll be drinking this yeah. way up, up until the election and probably even after the election. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> so thank you for releasing this into the world sooner. I appreciate it. Oh now Absolutely. I love your serum and I, I mentioned it in one of my um, recent Instagram story things because mm -hmm. it's so ingenious because you know you have your favorite lotions and potions at home, your creams, let's say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you see over here, these amazing CBD creams and, you know, let's face it, you don't always necessarily want to switch brands or, you know, not use what you love. So I love your idea of just adding a few drops of your CBD serum and instantly turn your cream into a CBD lotion. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, and that's the whole point. So for me, like here I am in the beauty industry, I have everything at my disposal. All my friends send me things all the time. And I'm like the creature of habit, you know, um, but, you know, sometimes my skin is extra dry. Sometimes I, I have very oily skin um, normally. And so um, what's so cool about CBD, again, so crazy how it works. It just regulates everything, whatever that is. So for me, I have very oily skin. So I put just three drops into my moisturizer in the morning and it regulates your sebum um, um, oil production. 
And that way I, then I don't break out. I don't have, you know, I get the adult acne once a month, you know, I haven't gotten that in a couple of months since I've been using it. Um, so there's that. If you have very dry skin, again, regulate everything. You add three drops to your current moisturizer and your skin will be so much more hydrated. You'll see a huge difference in about three days. Um, rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, regulate those out. Um, in that case, you can add it to your cream. I would actually add three to four drops directly to your skin and um, watch and see what happens in about three days. I love it. I love so, it. It's, it's yeah, great. You don't have to change everything. everything. Yeah, you just add something in, which is so much easier. Yeah, and there's a thousand milligrams in a half ounce bottle of CBD. And the reason why is so that you can add it in. Because if, otherwise, if you're just using, you know, a bottle of 100 milligrams, well, there's 300 drops in a half ounce. I'm being real technical on you now. Um, but you can imagine what's 100 milligrams divided by 300 drops. I'm like, you know. <laughs> so, I don't like, know. I'm an esthetician, not a mathematician. That's what I <laughs> right? Think. But you can imagine, like, it's like nothing. Yeah. So, um that's why I made it so strong in a little half ounce bottle so that you only need a couple drops. It's not diluted. You add it to what you're already using and it just fixes the issue that you want to fix without reinventing the wheel, you know, because I'm with you. I, I love my skincare. I'm not trying to change anything out. I'm not trying to add one more step to my morning or night. I barely do it as it is. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, that's, that's why. Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. too for you know, for um, spas, because again, you don't have to bring in a whole other brand, you know, CBD based, you could just add a few, you know, select products like this, and people can customize the other brands that you have, they have. Right, mm -hmm. right. And it's an easy way to turn a, a mask into a CBD mask. So I have, um, because, uh, of course, I've sent it out to several estheticians at huge resorts all over the country, and they're coming back with even better ideas than I hoped for. You know, now they're layering the oil underneath the hydrating mask, and they're like, oh, my God, it works so much even better. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. So I leave it up to the professionals, but it's definitely, definitely works really well and very easy to use. Now, you launched your brand with some beautiful body products, and I definitely just want to, you know, go through the products quickly here and just kind of give a little uh -huh. tidbit about each. So I I love the cuticle oil that you oh, yeah. launched. Um, what what else is in the brand? Maybe I'll, I'll let you take the floor here, obviously. And oh, sure, no problem. Um, and you have a body cream. You have a body oil. Um, and the body cream is lemongrass essential oil also. It's scented. And that's the thing about all of my products is they're all um, scented with essential oils conducive with spa, except for the body oil has no scent, just in case you don't like it. And then the salve, um, which is great for like wrists, knees, ankles, um, things like that. And that is a tea tree oil. Then you have the bath soak with the bath, uh, body polish and the body mask. And those are all lavender essential oils. And um, the body polish, have I sent that to you yet? Yes, I have the whole collection and I, and I love it. Yeah. That's the life changer, that one. Mm -hmm. And um, and then uh, the cuticle oil, like you mentioned. So, um, so yeah, the tea and the serum are now the eighth and ninth products. There's only nine products. So it's a simple brand. It does what it needs to do. They're products that you would want to use if they didn't have CBD in them. And that was my whole point. 
that's when I thought was lacking when I came into the industry. Why is everything a salve or this weird gel and it stinks and it looks gross. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I wanted to make something that was really beautiful that you'd want to use, even if there was no CBD in it. And then of course, add the benefit of CBD to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are great. I, I love the, the body mask, which is so great. I can definitely see that as like a service, you know, if you're looking to add a CBD service into your um, spa or as an esthetician, if you want to have, you know, a, a nice collection of CBD, this really covers everything. It covers body. And now with the tea and also with the um, wonderful serum that can, as we said, adapt any mask or cream into a CBD luxury product. Right. Absolutely. And um, what's cool about the mask too is, is um, it's, you don't remove it. You just go straight into a massage mm -hmm. or if you're using it on your face, you just apply your serum, your moisturizer. So it's just a not, not a messy mask. It's very clean can be used in dry rooms and all that. I love that. So, yeah. Because not everyone has yeah. a shower attached or a Vichy room or anything like that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's been working out really well and, and I'm really happy about it. And I'm really loving the stories I get and the feedback and the testimonials and all that are just really, like, sometimes I, I get these crazy testimonials and I just cry. Like, I can't even publish them because, you know, you have to be careful of your claims. But they're so amazing. So I just tell everyone, just try it. And if you don't try my products, like, try CBD in general. Try a good brand um, that you trust because it's just so life-changing. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. Yeah, it is. Now, are you going to be coming out with um, an ingestible like CBD oil for, you know, under the tongue or gummies or anything so, like that? You know what? I, I mean, I love gummies myself. I, I take a gummy to go to sleep every night. Um, but um, right now in the regulatory um, world, it's the FDA hasn't quite approved them, which is, sounds so crazy because they're so easy to buy. Um, but they've kind of just said, we're not quite sure how we feel about them yet. So we're not going to approve anybody um, in black and white, but we're not going out after anyone unless you're making claims. So mm -hmm. let me just not invest any money right there yet. <laughs> not yeah. just going to hold off. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I can definitely see people. you doing that then, you know, once. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, that makes perfect sense. Well, I'm really glad you explained some of the CBD do's and don'ts and what to look for because it can get really confusing um, mm -hmm. you know, as a consumer or even as a professional, there's all these brands all of a sudden popping up with CBD and it's like, what does that mean? You want to make sure right. you're spending your money and investing where you're going to get results. And I love investing and talking about female owned brands. So um, I think, you know, your brand is one to take a look at if anyone's listening and interested in, in going down that route. So thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. I really appreciate you and your support to, to all of us, you know, it really helps. It, we, we helps everybody out. Yeah. And then we also just learned about each other that um, you're also Latina. So you're part of the yeah. Latinas in Beauty um, series that I'm, I'm doing on my podcast. So, Yay. yeah. And so speaking of that, being a Latina in the beauty world, what has that meant for you? And, and what is that? What has that been like for you? Um, I mean, it, it's just so funny because you know, as women, like the women that are, when you're a girl's girl, you're a girl's girl. And, and I feel people like just, just, 
feel that from you, right? When you're a Latino's girl, girl, you're sisters. <laughs> you're sisters. And there's just like this different bond to just really like make sure you're okay. And I just love that so much um, from my girls in the beauty industry. Um, I have so many friends of all different nationalities, but you know, when you're a Latina, like there's just so much like unspoken. We all got hit by the chancla. We were all all have a huge family on Sundays, you know? And so we just all kind of know. And so when something's going on, good or bad, I mean, it's just like a different camaraderie Mm -hmm. than you can find with anyone else, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the industry. So it's really comforting to be able to have your your sisters in the industry and work with them and and, um, have them near you and, and know that they understand. Absolutely. And literally no one has work ethic like Latinas. Like, let's Mm -hmm. just be real. (laughs) Yeah. And don't ever fuck with us either because we'll come for you too. No. (laughs) We come out in droves. We come out in droves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Hannah. It's been so great chatting with you. You're just a wealth of knowledge. And I am just so excited for the future of your brand. I think it's amazing. Um, you have such a great reputation in our industry, nonetheless, and no matter what you do or what you touch, I know it's going to be a success. So all the best for the rest of this year. It was great having you on. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.